Welcome to Super Together. It's the podcast where a couples therapist and a life coach talk about how to be better at relationships. I'm James Cochran, and I'm the couples therapist, and I'm actually all alone today. It's a holiday week, and rather than have our team pull together an episode, I figured I'd do something special. This episode is coming out on Black Friday, that strange American holiday devoted to unchecked consumerism. Yesterday was another strange American holiday, Thanksgiving, one where we celebrated a fictitious gathering between the indigenous people of the American continent and European colonialists, a gathering meant to symbolize unity, peace, and gratitude. I am certainly not the first to consider the ways that these two holidays seem so at odds with each other, or how the spirit of gratitude we're meant to cultivate on Thanksgiving is ever so consistently ceding space to the spirit of need we're being told Black Friday is the answer to. But I would like to consider the ways that gratitude shows up in our relationships. This is, after all, a relationships podcast. How it calls us out of some unproductive but relentlessly hardwired tendencies. How it nourishes contentment. How it brings out the best in us, especially when we lean into it with intentionality. When I'm tired of hearing myself talk, I'll close with a mindful meditation focused on gratitude which I hope you find gives you some resolve when the waves of you-should-buy-this Black Friday energy crest in your heart. First, what is gratitude? I think you'll agree that it's kind of a buzzword right now, and in fact, while researching this episode, a cursory Google search led me to scholarly work from USC, California, Berkeley, Harvard, and the National Institutes of Health. It's all over the place. It's possible I don't even need to remind you of all the wonderful benefits of gratitude, but just in case I do, let me rattle a few off. Grateful people are sick less often, earn more money, are more connected with their community, possess more psychological resilience, are less angry and more empathetic. Grateful people have happier marriages, sleep better, have higher self-esteem, and live longer. All of these things are empirically validated. Gratitude is so good for us. So why is it so hard? I think there are two primary culprits. I'd like to identify them and then consider how we might overcome them. The first gratitude disruptor is your big, beautiful, brilliant, and hopelessly out-of-date brain. As far as your brain is concerned, it's still 300,000 years ago. It's looking around every corner for a predator. It's always thinking about where the herds are moving to next, or where it might forage for berries or find some good zebra carcasses with that delicious marrow hiding in the long bones. Hard living those times. And being grateful was only advantageous inasmuch as it let your body rest when rest was appropriate. And the trouble is, 300,000 years ago, that wasn't very often. The people who were too grateful in that context starved or were eaten by bears. Your ancestors, the ones who were rarely grateful, they lived. They passed on their genes, and a bajillion generations later, you were born. Like I said, your brain is basically the same. But your world is different. You live in a world that your hunter-gatherer ancestors would have given anything for. The upshot of all this is that while your brain can be grateful, your entire experience is improved by gratitude. Gratitude is not a default setting. Unless you go out of your way to convince that old-school brain of yours that it's safe and it can be content, it's going to keep seeing lack and need everywhere it looks. So how do we convince ourselves that there are no bears to run from and we can be grateful? Very intentionally and very patiently. You may have heard of gratitude journaling, where you take time every day to write down things you're grateful for. 
Practices like these are meant to call your mind's attention to the things it isn't very good at seeing on its own. When I ask my clients to do this, they often tell me two things. The first is that they're increasingly more satisfied with what they have. The second is that they're more and more grateful as time goes on. Now, why would this be the case? Because you're literally rewiring your brain to see things for which it can be grateful. If you start noticing and writing down five things you're grateful for each day, you're going to start seeing things that you can write about. There are a lot of different ways to do this, but the key is to be intentional, and the more specific you can be, the better. Without intentionality, our brain is stuck in default mode, which prefers to focus on our needs and wants, the things our life lacks. You know who loves taking advantage of our brain's default mode? Advertisers. This brings me to the second reason why gratitude is so hard. There is an entire global economy that hinges on your brain deciding that it needs something it doesn't have. Businesses ranging from multinational conglomerates to corner shops exist because they have things and because you need things. But because businesses keep having things, they also need you to keep needing things. So in addition to being ready to meet your need for a cell phone when you need one, it will also be very energetic about convincing you that you need another one, perhaps more quickly than you actually do. I'm sure none of this is news to you, but what matters in this context is that all of this energy increases your sense of longing at the expense of your sense of contentment. It is not precisely a zero-sum equation, and you can be grateful while holding on to felt needs, but broadly speaking, we live in a world that would have a hard time spinning if it didn't stoke a sense of lack in you. If every American were perfectly grateful and were sublimely content, the economy as we know it would grind to a halt. This isn't just me decrying capitalism. This is me telling you that you'll need to be wary that the people selling you something are not always focused on your best interests. You will need to reckon with whether the need they're telling you that you have is authentic, flowing from a conception of what your best lived life is, or if it's something that is being stirred inside you because of the way your brain is wired and the fact that Company X has widgets it needs to move. Consider this. When an advertisement stirs you to make a purchase, mark your calendar to reevaluate that need in 30 days. If you still feel that need, it's likely that it's authentic. If not, then you'll be training yourself not to engage in the artificial needs cycle. But James, you say, what about the sale, the deal, the value? I'm sorry, but I still think you should wait 30 days. Remember, this only applies to felt needs that you notice in response to advertising. If your fridge breaks, by all means, buy a new fridge. But of other things, things you didn't know you needed until you saw the ad, it really does help to allow yourself some space. Sales are meant to trigger your scarcity reflex. That's why you hear phrases like, while supplies last and for a limited time only. It's not just the need that is being triggered, but a sense of urgency. Like there's only so much value to be had, and if you don't act quickly enough, you'll be a big, dumb loser. But what if that wasn't the case at all? What if, instead of yielding to these energies, you created space for them to rise and fall like a wave? Might you find that you're not a loser if you end up spending $8 more for a TV because you purchased it when you needed it, instead of elbowing an elderly man in the sternum during a doorbuster sale? I think you just might. All of this, the way your brain works, the way we're inclined towards scarcity, and how both of these things are manipulated by the driving forces of our economy are one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is an intentional focus on gratitude. It expands our mind's capacity toward appreciating the things we have, 
developing a sense of satisfaction in the present. So for the second half of this episode, we're going to spend some time leaning into a sense of gratitude. We'll do this through a mindfulness meditation. This takes some intentional focus, so if you're driving or doing chores or shopping online, I'll ask you to pause the podcast and return to it when you have time to close your eyes and give the meditation your undivided attention. If you're ready now, let's start by adopting a posture that will let you support this process. Start by coming to a seated position, placing both feet firmly on the ground and placing your hands in your lap. If this posture is painful or uncomfortable, that's okay. Just find a way to position your body that supports your intention to be fully present. Now, closing your eyes or lowering your gaze, bringing the fullness of your attention to this moment. Beginning by drawing your attention to the sensations of breathing. Noticing how the breath moves the body You may find that you most readily notice the way it moves your chest, or perhaps how it moves your belly. You might feel it in your nostrils or the back of your throat. Wherever you find your breath in this moment, seeing if it's possible to be curious about the sensations it offers. Not trying to change anything or breathe any differently. Just noticing the breath as it is right now, just how you find it. Staying with the sensations of breathing for a few moments. Now, inside the stillness of this moment, looking inside yourself for a space of peace. This is a space that is free of dis-ease, that radiates contentment. A space that says, things are well here. This might be a part of your body that feels strong and comfortable. It might be a part of your life or your story that is flowing in a satisfying way. Letting your attention come to rest on this place of peace, like a butterfly landing on a flower. As you come to observe it, consider naming it. These are my legs. This is how I feel about the work I've done today. Coming to this place of peace, this place where the waters are still, where the winds are quiet, with nothing but a gentle curiosity, asking, what is this place like?
now resting in this place of peace, offering your thanks to it. Look to it, this part of you, this idea, this relationship, this circumstance, and say, thank you for being as you are. Thank you for the ways you anchor peace to me. Thank you for the stillness you offer when I choose to turn toward you. As you offer this gratitude, seeing if you can observe its quality. What is it like to be grateful? How does it show up in your body? What changes do you notice? Asking yourself if it's possible to allow this gratitude to expand, to begin to touch other parts of your story today. Seeing if there is anything this same spirit of gratitude can cover. Perhaps your coffee maker worked just as it was supposed to today. Maybe on balance work is going pretty well. Could you find this gratitude extending to your relationships, your circumstances, your life broadly or the simple breath in your lungs. Just allowing this flow of gratitude to wash over your world, spilling into the places that you sometimes overlook, or maybe just don't look at as often as you could. And now, as you draw toward the end of this practice, returning to your space of peace and contentment, in this moment of returning, acknowledging that you have access to this space, that the source of your gratitude lies within you. And when you are tempted, as you so often will be, to view your world through a lens of lack and scarcity, seeing if it's possible to come back to this space to allow gratitude to fill the gaps you are told exist within you. And as you do, finding security in the knowledge that they might not have been gaps to begin with. You are a being in relationship. In relationship with other beings, other matter, other spaces. More of these relationships deserve your gratitude than you can possibly count. As you return to the rest of your day, may you commit to counting them anyway. Super Together is produced by Ginger Rothis, Melody Rowell, and me, James Cochran. 
You can find links to our amazing Facebook community, our practice websites, and the rest of our social links at our home on the web, supertogether.org. If you want to submit a listener voicemail, give us a call at 913-428-9729. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to Super Together. It really does help new people get connected with us. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a happy holiday weekend and be well.